Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 11 to 1, Monday motivation. Motivation. Do you find that you are constantly putting everybody else first, often neglecting your own needs? Do you often compare yourself to others who might have seemingly perfect lives? It seems there's an increase particularly among women and specifically mothers who are feeling that anything they do is not good enough. Many are experiencing burnout as a result of putting everybody else first and also this constant strive for perfection. My next guest is an accredited psychotherapist working within a private GP practice in County Monaghan and she noticed that women are feeling more lost, more disconnected from themselves and are looking outward towards perfectionism to gain validation and approval from others. So how can we push past this need to be this perfect person? Psychotherapist Katie McKenna is on the line with me now for Monday Motivation. How are you doing, Katie? Hi, Sinead. Thanks for having me on. Oh, listen, it's great to have you on. Firstly, before we get stuck into this main topic, tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you get interested in psychotherapy? Um, okay, I suppose I was always interested in people <laughs> and psychotherapy is about people. I was always interested in what motivate them and in particular, we all have a belief system, which is like this story or narrative that we all carry within us and we act out of that. So really, um, what drives us? Why do we do the, the things that we do? And, and how long have you been working in this area? You have a, 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 you're within a private practice in a, in a in GP's. A yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing clients now over 10 years and you said there I'm an accredited psychotherapist. So what that means is that I'm a member with the IACP, the Irish Association for counselling and psychotherapy and I work out of a GP practice in County Monaghan and a lot of my referrals would come through GP. So, you know, in the last while, particularly, this is kind of why you reached out to us. And thank you so much for reaching out to me, by the way. You have noticed and you've become concerned at how much pressure women, particularly mothers, are under these days. And you're seeing this kind of increase in clients. So tell us kind of what has happened, what has caused uh, this kind of, I suppose, increase in feeling kind of that they're not good enough, this kind of constant striving for perfectionism. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for bringing that up. And I am concerned with the amount of pressure. And I suppose, you know, when we're after coming out of a pandemic um, and we're all under a lot of pressure, and I suppose, you know, perfectionism and mothers in particular, the pressures that they put themselves under has been a silent pandemic or even epidemic that has been going on underneath the radar. And the pressure that women feel to do everything for others and it's from this belief system that fuels the behavior. And it's a really unhealthy belief system that we've inherited that the only way to show love and kindness is by being selfless and sacrificing ourselves. So women are acting from this belief system and are giving their all to everybody, thinking that they're doing it um, for the best 
Mm. for both people and actually you know they're 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 turning around and they're they're finding themselves burnt out and you know as you said there you know this is a learned thing this is something that we would have seen maybe our own mothers doing you know this constant kind of maybe you know that maybe our mothers might have been working as well or even if they weren't they were kind of constantly on the go from morning to night and this is what we've picked up as we become mothers ourselves Yes, absolutely. It's it's conditioned and then we're acting blindly. Um, so like you said, we've inherited this. We've watched people and in particular, perhaps if your own mother um, and anybody that listen. And so if, you're, if your own mother done this and in the previous generations, a lot of mothers worked from home and they had a lot more time to be the caretaker, to do the homework. Whereas now the pressure with women working outside of the home or everybody, but you know, working at home, but still mm. working. All those responsibilities are still tending to fall on the mother. And I suppose the mother is, again, taking them blindly, saying, actually, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I should be doing. And somehow I'm failing by not living up to all these expectations. And the thing about it is, it's not that dads today aren't supportive, far from it. It's women, I don't know why we do this, we kind of go, oh, it'll just be easier if I do it myself, or oh no, it's grand, I'll just do that. It's not that we're saying that men don't offer help or anything like that. It's this kind of martyrdom as well, isn't it, with, with women and mothers particularly? Absolutely. And you're, you hit the nail on the head there where you said that it's not that dads aren't active now doing it, they are but it's this belief that, you know, oh, it's just easier if I do it myself and I'll be able to get the job done. And the truth of that is, is that you've had a lot of practice. You yeah. know, and I have four small young kids myself. So, you know, when you have your first child, it's difficult to get out of the house with one. And then you get better at it. You, you practice. And a lot of the times when we see somebody else struggling, so let's say it's our partner, we want to rescue them. It's actually, so it looks good because it's about the other behavior, but it's actually that we can't tolerate the discomfort of seeing somebody struggling. And so, for an example, um, in COVID, the, a really good example of that was the pressure of homeschooling. Yes. And, you know, women just um, ended up with all this responsibility. And as you said, it wasn't that the father wasn't willing to help. Uh, the mothers just took on all this responsibility and neglected their own needs. And often it's just a shift in that mindset to actually say, well, so for example, who is responsible for the homework? And you'll find that it's both parents. Mm. And in a lot of cases, you'll find that it's both parents that work, but it's the mother that's trying to fit it in. Instead of shifting that idea of, well, who's responsible for this and saying when the father comes home, do you know, could you take, um, you know, one and do the reading with him or do a little bit of homework with that? And often it's that that, that idea has never came to us. As you said, this martyrdom, I can do it all myself. And I, I don't want to be seen as a failure if I can't do it. Yeah, and that's so we, that's we something. Last. Yeah, everybody else ahead of ourselves. Absolutely. So, what is the long term effect? Then is it that that, that this is ha- happening? Like, what are you seeing kind of manifesting in clients who are doing this all the time? Okay, so how I suppose a really good analogy of this is showing women how nine times out of ten they they put themselves last, and it's similar to when an oxygen mask falls from the ceiling in an aeroplane. You know, your conditioned response is to run around to try and put everyone else's mask on. Yeah. Firstly, yeah, you're laughing there. Firstly, <laughs> failing to see that possibly, you know, your husband, your kids or their parents have the ability to put on their own mask. But the long term effect is that you end up neglecting your own needs in the process and you end up suffocating yourself unintentionally. And, you know, we mentioned there about self-care and you're so right as well. And it's one of these things that... 
we definitely push down at the bottom of the list when it comes to kind of taking care of ourselves. And it can be a tough one to get into the habit of doing, right? And I definitely struggle with this as well. Um, but what ways can we kind of practice self-care each day that could kind of, that simple, that can ease us into this? Okay, well, firstly, it's to become aware of the behaviour that we're doing that's actually resulting in the burnout. So if you can't identify ways in which you run around putting on other people's masks first, so if you don't identify the burnout, you continue this behaviour. And women in particular really beat themselves over, up over this when they're burnt out. They take it actually as a sign as failure and weakness. They get trapped into this shame that I'm failing and that I'm good and not good enough. But actually, burnout is the opposite of not doing enough. It's a sign that you're doing too much. So you were asking me there in what ways... Um, you know, can we avoid this burnout? So firstly, just identifying that trying to keep everyone happy is unhealthy. And it can leave you, I suppose, feeling resentful in your relationships. And that resentment um, is built up generally from women staying silent. Okay. You know, women are masters at keeping the peace in the relationships and bending over backwards. And again, at first glance, your behavior looks like it's about the other person. So, you know, being kind to the other person. But your behavior is actually meeting a need within you. So turn inward. So again, everybody's so focused on outward. How can I do more of something? So turn inward because the, the silence is, is purposeful. Your behavior is purposeful and your silence means that no one will get upset with you. Your silence means that, you know, you don't have to deal with the, with the mess that conflict can cause. Mm. And it's, it's uncomfortable for women in particular to speak up and ask for what it is you want or, for example, to refuse the request. You know, so you stay comfortable because it's predictable and there's a safety in that. So it's first acknowledging your role in the behaviour. Well, a lot of what you're saying is ringing true. And I'd say a lot of people are going, oh, my God, yes, I can totally re- recognise this in myself. And, you know, it's it's about that, as you say, kind of taking a breath and kind of going, right, I'm up to high dough here. How can I yeah. sort of decompress? What's going on? Let's look outward at what's happening. What am I doing that's affecting this? And let's kind of shift this perspective. Now, another issue, and this ties into this, it's kind of going hand in hand, is this constant striving kind of for perfectionism. And I think this is particularly amplified when we spend too much time on social media. Um so in general, kind of how is this affecting clients without obviously going into detail? Is it that we're looking and we're going okay, I'm feeling burnt out and I feel all this pressure and look at so-and-so. She's flying it there at the homeschooling and she's made buns and she's, you know, uh, the, the children are all uh, excelling at school and her house is spotless. Is this, <laughs> am I hitting the right note here with this? Sinead, you're, you're absolutely hitting, just hitting the nail on the head there. And so I suppose firstly, let me just say that nobody has ever attended me saying they want to work on their perfectionism. So want to hold on to that for dear life because what's wrong with me making the buns and having everything perfect and keeping the house clean? So let me hold on desperately tight. Don't make me get rid of those behaviours. So what they actually attend with me because they say, I'm very anxious and I want to reduce my anxiety. And they don't realise that there's, I suppose, a correlation between the two. Okay, so it's the anxiety of I'm not enough. I don't feel I'm doing enough. That's contributing to this kind of needing to be the best at everything and still taking on more work. So it's kind of, it's a vicious cycle really is what you're saying. It, it absolutely is. And you hit the nail on the head there again, saying that it's this feeling of, of not being good enough. And it's, it's all mothers. It's, it's new mothers. It's, 
you know, mothers that ha- that have older kids. And really, um, the thing where we struggle most with, with perfectionism is where we're most vulnerable at just not feeling good enough. And there's nowhere that that feeling of not good enough is not more present than not being a good enough mother. Mm. Yeah. And you see, and you feel this, you feel a judgment or something, isn't it? Yeah. And so the reason that people then um, take on perfectionist behaviours is actually be, it's a form of um, defence. So if you imagine that I'm holding a shield in my arm, well, if I'm perfect, if I do everything perfect, you can't criticise me or blame me or judge me. So we hold this shield. But what we don't realise is that it's actually such a weight and it's yeah. weighing us down and it's stopping us living our lives the way we want to. Because it's it's all about protecting ourselves and shielding off this, uh, yeah, fear of judgment, fear of criticism, fear of not being enough. And I love that you've used that as the shield metaphor. That's fantastic. Like I find I would use this, like this is where it comes into play for me, say, if and I do completely subconsciously, I'll say, oh, what will people think now? Look at the way he's dressed now for his graduation photograph for the crash or whatever it is. His face is filthy. He's got this, you know, this that's the one thing, right? Or um, I don't have this Instagram picture perfect birthday party where there's a rainbow arch of balloons and a bouncy castle in the background and a fantastic over-the-top cake for the child's first birthday. Or I uh, say, for example, if, if he or she acts up in public, I'll be going, they're probably all saying, my God, she's no control over that child. <laughs> these yeah. are all the things these are just examples Sinead, exactly and I love that you said that and I love that you said it that we're acting subconsciously and you know that's this idea of perfectionism people have it that oh well you know I'm I'm doing my best why wouldn't I do my best and it's actually nothing about striving for your best and it's mm. this fear of what will people think and we are acting subconsciously and it shows up in insidious ways and um with, you know, perfectionism creeps into our lives and it's gradual and it's subtle. And as you were talking there, I was, uh, an example that, that I can use is when my son, he was in senior infants and he won third prize in an art competition in the Greta Union and he came down the stairs and he was wearing, I suppose, casual clothes. Yeah. Respectful and casual clothes. And I said to him, you know, go back up there and change. And he said no. And I said it a second time. <laughs> and it was only on the third time because what I meant was, go up and put on your jeans and shirt. Yeah. You know, and it was only on the third time that he said no, that I actually, again, looked inward and thought, okay, what am I struggling with here? What is my fear? And I thought, oh, well, I don't want him to be judged. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's the false face of perfectionism because nobody's going to judge a child. My fear was actually that when I went in with the other mothers, that they were going to judge me and judge me saying that I'm a bad mother because he's not dressed up to this ideal, this standard. And that's the the main way when you start comparing and worrying about what other people think, you start competing. So stop, stop competing. So comparing actually gives you the opportunity to go inward. So I was able to ask myself, actually, what are my values? Mm. So yes, you know, was he clean and tidy and respectful? Yes, he was. And then do I value, you know, autonomy? So him to make his own decisions. So obviously he wants to be comfortable and not be wearing a shirt. And do I value authenticity? So actually, is he showing up the way he is? Yeah. So when you go inward and tap into that, um, what your values are, then it's easier to act from that place. Because when you act from a place of comparing, you end up competing and you end up abandoning what it is you stand for and your beliefs. Yeah, and you're so right. <laughs> you see, if it was me, I'd be going... 
He's not in the shirt and jeans. He's not in the shirt and jeans. I know, I completely understand. And it is, it's nothing about really him as such and what he's wearing. It's more about everybody else's view of you and him. I get it completely. I really do. That's why perfectionism is so self-destructive and Mm. addictive. Because it's that belief system that, that I suppose fuels a thought that if I can do everything perfect, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of blame, judgment and not being good enough. So if he goes in in his shirt and jeans, I'm wearing that armor saying, you you know, you can't judge me. You can't say anything about us. But actually, I'm losing the connection with him, the yeah. connection within myself. And this is when people start striving outwards because then I, I have to do more. I have to do more to meet up this standard, this unrealistic standard. Oh, it's, it really is. And, and you know, he might have had a scowl then in the photograph, Katie, because he wasn't yeah. in the clothes that he wanted. And this is, and as you say, it's breaking down the, that relationship with it the is, kids, you know, so that's kind of one effect. Yeah. Yeah. To see that perfectionism, it's self-destructive. I think simply because there's no such thing as perfect. It's mm. that unrealistic and unobtainable goal. And like you're saying, you know, him with a scowl and the photo being unhappy. So the one person that it mattered to that he felt good you know, collecting his prize is the one that then I'm severing that relationship between. Yes, and this is the, the effect that it can have. And, you know, I think as well, it is very healthy to kind of uh, take social media breaks. I do this particularly at weekends as well. That could be a step in the right direction. Also, people might find this as well coming up, actually. I've just thought of this, Katie, in the next little while with exam results, you know, mm. how kids are performing academically. Again, parents use this kind of as a boasting thing, you know, or mm. uh, my little Johnny did such and such. And it's almost like, you know, it's the parents achieve more so than the kid and you know that's another thing that people might need to be aware of particularly around this time of the year Yeah and what again you hit the nail on the head there by, by the parents boasting so my Johnny done this so in other words who's looking for the reward here is it actually the parent going well my Johnny got four or five hundred points so then actually the praise is coming to me whereas if we focus on the child look how hard they worked mm. aren't they amazing to get the results that they wanted or you know look how hard they worked and look how disappointed they are and again a lot of parents take that as a failure well what did I do and actually it's, it's not about you it's about moving that on to the child and being the effort that they put in yeah, and, and, and going and, and talking to them about it and, and putting the focus back on them. Katie, you're, there's an awful lot of advice and information to take from this. Thank you so much for joining me. How can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? Um, my website is being revamped at the minute. So if anybody wants to get in touch, I suppose the handiest is through Instagram. I'm at Katie McKenna Psychotherapist and I'm, I'm quite active on there and you know, I, I you have lots of great videos, them. loads of great yeah, videos and advice and everything on there. Yeah, on lives and you hit, you said something there that was very important, Sinead, about uh, parents in particular, or when we're asked something of us to take that to take a pause and actually question what it is we want. And Columbia University actually did a study in 2014, and it found that if you pause for just 50 to 100 milliseconds of a second, that you you give yourself time to actually come up with a, a better answer and you make better decisions. So. A really good one for people is to, when they're asked something, is to say, can you leave that with me, mm. um, you know, and I'll get back to you. And then you you end up not saying yes to something um, and end up saying, you know, no to yourself. So possibly, you know, asking yourself, do you have time and energy for this commitment? And will saying yes distract you from possibly another area of your life or commitment that's important to you? It's so a really to, good one. To trust your judgment instead of assuming that someone else knows better than you.
Yeah, and taking that pause, as you said, absolutely. Yeah. Katie, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for all of that advice and for taking the time to join us today. Thank you very much, Sinead. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.